0: All right. Well, you may be wondering, why are all these people sitting up? I mean, y'all come on up. This is our discipleship team. Would you give them a hand and thank them for the work they've done? This series is called Pathway, and we're going to spend some time sharing with you the work this team has done for some time about the pathway that we can all enter into And so I don't want to uh, take any additional time at this moment because Bruce is going to tell you a little bit more about that. So, Bruce, if you'd come and just share about our
1: pathway. Short time after uh, God sent Derek and Allison and the kids to us, we were talking about things that we thought were vital and very important to the church. And one thing that he had a true passion for was discipleship. And there's one thing that's a proven fact. Discipleship is vital for the spiritual strength and the growth of our church. Shortly after this, actually on October, in October of 2020, the deacon ministry discipleship team had met and discussed this. And during that meeting, we felt that it was needed to come up with a team. The team, then this team that you've seen behind us. uh, It's from different ministries in different areas of the church, from men's to women's to, to seniors to children throughout the church, so we came up with this team and started meeting actually May of 2021. Y'all can certainly remember 2021. That's one thing I'm so grateful for because this group of people stayed diligent and they stayed dedicated through this time. Now, we've met many times over the last year. We've had uh, many sessions, many hours, spent a lot of time in prayer. Trying to bring forth a thing, something that we could present to the church to help to grow in the area of discipleship, and that's exactly what we've done. We've got something that we will be sharing with you throughout the year, and it's called the pathway to Christlikeness. Now, during this time, we're going to have different members, various members of uh, of this group to come up and share with you over the next few weeks. And then after, after that, we're all going to have an opportunity to respond. But the thing that we came up with is called a pathway to Christ's righteousness and christ likeness, excuse me. And it touches on the three, three things that are in our mission statement here for the church, love like Jesus, lead like Jesus, and live like Jesus. So as I said, over the next few weeks, we're going to be sharing this with you. And this morning, I'd like for Jerry Lynn to come share. Thank you.
2: Today, I'm going to read a scripture to you from Matthew and from John. I have to put my glasses on to do that. I'm going to read from Matthew 22, verses 36 through 40. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. And then I'm going to read from John 13. Verses um, 34 and 35. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And we see that the main theme of those two scriptures is Christ's love for us and what he expects us to do is to love one love him and through him to love one another the greatest commandment how can we possibly not do what god has asked us to do in jesus christ and my first part of the pathway to christ likeness is love like jesus uh, love god and love others jesus proclaimed this in his uh, in his word to us In these two scriptures, but also so many times throughout the Bible, because we know that love is the main theme of the Bible. If it weren't for God's love for us and for His creation, we wouldn't be here. None of us would be here. He loves us that much that He even forgives all that we do when we don't live like we love Him. In our church um, worship services, uh, we do several different things that I'm just going to talk today about. We abide in Christ, and abide means that we dwell in Christ, and also that we've asked Him to indwell our hearts, to be a part of our living, walking, breathing, everyday life. And that's when we abide in Christ, we can stand steadfast, knowing that He has great love for us. And the next thing that we do in a worship service that shows how much we love God, and I think we've had a great day of it today, of celebration. First, we had baptism, and that was a great time for all of us. I know it was for... Can, uh, Dixie, I know that was a great time, and, and Sam, to be celebrating uh, a renewal of your Christian faith. And then um, Jason just kept us going with celebration in our music and with calling us on the floor for not celebrating enough. We just didn't know that how much we wanted to celebrate, did we? But it, when we celebrate like that, it really brings our hearts to Jesus because we're celebrating it in God's in God's time, in God's place, we're together and that just draws us even closer together. And the next thing that we do constantly in our worship services to show God how much we love him is to pray. You know, there's all kinds of ways to pray and there's and there's a lot of gods to pray to in this world. However, there is no God who answers you back. Mm. There's no God who is living and can speak back with you. And our God, we pray to, He listens to what we have to say. And so part of prayer is not just uh, begging. I looked in the dictionary, begging, beg, ask, plead, entreat, you know, just all kinds of things that it made sound like prayer is just us just begging God for everything we want. But prayer is a two-way street. We pray to talk to God, to praise His holy name, God loves it when we call His names, call Him by His names, to show how much we know about Him and how much we love Him. And then a ma- major part of prayer is to listen. God speaks to us, and we may not know it, but He does. And if we practice our prayers to our, with ourselves with God in our own personal time, and then we wait and give him an opportunity, He will speak back with us. So let's, let's all try to remember that prayer is a personal time with God. And when we pray corporately, it's still a personal time with God. And so then we have our prayer gatherings that we, we do in our church. We do a prayer gather, gathering once a week on Wednesday nights. and It's, it's a beautiful time for us in, our, in those services. And we pray to seek God's face. We know that when we're saved... And just like with Dixie this morning, the Holy Spirit seeks us and he prompts us to do those wonderful things just like what she has done and that we've celebrated with her. But we seek his face and then we when we seek his face, we hear his voice and what he what he wants us to do. And <clears throat> excuse me. And then we obey. Once we've heard, it's our call then to obey. And as we say in our ladies' Bible studies for years we've been saying this, and we remind each other of it all the time, that blessings follow obedience. So when we are obedient, God blesses us. And so the many ways that we worship uh, God, the the one I want you to remember today is love. That love, the love of God and our love for Him, leads us on the pathway to Christ-likeness.
0: Would you give them another round of applause as they go back to their seats? I'm so thankful for each and every one of our discipleship team, and I'm so thankful for their input, their uh, encouragement, and even, you know, helping us to be very specific about what God is calling us as a church to do as a body and that you know that's what today is about and that's what this series is about is not merely to give you information right and really that's nothing that's not we don't intend to do that every week because our faith is not merely an intellectual faith our faith is to be a faith of action of doing And so these are things that the Bible calls us to do individually and collectively as a church. In this thing called Christianity, we are all on a pathway. And we call that pathway Christ-likeness. Now, we use the word discipleship, and this was our discipleship team. And oftentimes, it can be called—it is called discipleship and growth— And sometimes people debate around whether, you know, is everyone called to be a disciple? Is there a difference between disciple and Christian? And so we just don't, we we just kind of want to take that out of the equation and just say, because I think we can all agree that Jesus has called us all to become more like Christ. And so today, if you are a Christian, if you claim Jesus' death for you, his death on the cross for you, His forgiveness of your sins. You are or should be striving to be more like Him. Now, why do we need this? Why do we need discipleship? Why do we need a pathway? Why do we need Christ-likeness? Why does our church need a discipleship plan and a pathway plan? Because... It's similarity with God that gets us the blessings of God, the kingdom of God. That is not anything that you and I can attain on our own, in our own strength. There's not enough righteousness, goodness, uh, self-control that you can exhibit in and of yourself to make yourself be good enough... In the eyes of God, that God will look at you and say, Hey man, you're doing a pretty bang-up job. Let me give you my kingdom. Let me give you my righteousness. Let me give you me. No, the thing that helps us, the thing that we need, the thing that is the only way that we will receive Christ's likeness and ultimately the kingdom of God and to be a part of that, salvation, forgiveness, all those things, all those church ideas and thoughts is becoming like Christ. You see, God is the only one worthy of those things. And becoming like him is the only way that we can attain to it. So how do we become like God? How do we become like Christ? How do we receive the blessings of Christ? Because Jesus made the only way for you and I to be like God. He made it available when he died on the cross. And it is his aim in saving you To make you more like Him. It's a biblical charge. It's it's all throughout Scripture. It's the plight that we all have is that we are dead in our sins and trespasses, as the Scripture says. But Christ made us alive. Jesus, through His death and resurrection, as you saw displayed more in no other more beautiful way than we did today in the waters of baptism to see that we are like Christ, dead in our trespasses and sin, and Christ raised us to life because of his resurrection. So it's a biblical charge. It's a biblical understanding. And we see it in many places. But I want to share clearly with you from 2 Corinthians 3, 12 through 18 this beautiful picture of what happened When Christ died for us, listen to this, 2 Corinthians 3, 12-18, Since then we have such a hope, we act with great boldness. We are not like Moses, who used to put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from gazing steadily unto the end of the glory of what was being Set aside. So, what he's saying is that used to, if you wanted to have a relationship with God, if you wanted to be a part of God's kingdom and and all this in the Old Testament, that you had to be veiled. You couldn't look upon it, you couldn't see it. It had to be veiled for you. But he says, but their minds were hardened. For to this day, at the reading of the Old Covenant, the same veil remains. So if we are depending upon our righteous uh, ability to uh, uphold the Old Covenant, it's veiled. It's subpar. It's not adequate. It's not enough. It says the same veil remains. It is not lifted because it is set aside only in Christ. The veil is only removed because of Christ. Yet still today, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over our hearts. But, but whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, is, there is freedom. And we all, we all, with unveiled faces, are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord, the glory of Jesus, the beauty of Jesus, and as a result are being transformed into the same image. We are being transformed into the image of Christ from glory to glory. This is the Lord who is the Spirit. So you see, our goal and our aim is to become more like Jesus. And Jesus made that available. You could not achieve that on your own. The Old Testament and your ability to keep the old covenant and the old law was not enough. You needed Jesus to take off that veil and say, look at me face to face now because of what I've done. And so we must turn to Him. And when we are turned, we are we are trans formed into his image. So this series, we're sharing with you the pathway that you, you are on or can get on and how you can get on it. You've heard how we established it, and I'm so thankful for that dedicated team. And now I think it's my job to help you to see how to enter the pathway and walk on it. So let's look very quickly at the two passages of Scripture we read very quickly. The first point that we see is that loving God gets us on the pathway to Christ's likeness. Loving God gets us on the pathway to Christ's likeness. In Matthew chapter 22, 37 through 40, we've already read, the teacher of the law says, what is the most important commandment? He's asking Jesus, and Jesus Jesus juked him before Jesus juking was a thing, all right? If you ever heard of that you may not have, Jesus juking is like being holier than that When somebody is joking with you, you kind of turn it to Jesus real quick. Well, Jesus, Jesus juked this teacher of the law. And he said, it is doubly commanded to love God and others. So we're going to focus on loving God first. We must understand that the pathway The pathway to Christ-likeness is similarity with God through Jesus' sacrificial atonement for our sins begins when we have an abandon for God. What do you say? Love the Lord your God with what? Everything. All your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Whatever you got, love him with it. Love Jesus. Love God with everything. With your heart, with abandon. Salvation is not merely a desire to get to heaven or get out of hell. Salvation truly comes when we realize Jesus. Salvation comes from him. And ultimately, God, the Father, is who matters most in our life. Loving God is imperative to entering the pathway. You can't be good enough. You can't do enough things that are righteous enough. You must know God and love God. You must trust Him. Jesus said it was the most important thing to do. He said it was primary to do so. The most important command from God, love the Lord your God with everything. That's why we worship. That's what this is about every week. That's why Jason stopped the song and said, wait a second. We're worshiping God, and I'm glad he did that. Because sometimes we just need to remember, this is more than songs we sing. This is more than prayers that we pray. It's more than tradition and expectation or trying to be new and excited, either one. It's more than all those things. We come here today, gathered as the body of Christ, to declare we have a God. He's the greatest thing possible and imaginable. And he loves us beyond what we could ever think or express. And we get to worship him together. That's what today is about. Today is not to come and listen to some guy say some words that might be wise. and might change your life a little bit. No. I do this. We do all this for him. You're not in an audience. And I'm not the the one trying to keep your attention. Thank goodness, because be, it, it's hard sometimes. Our life, we, 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 uh, everything is so instant and quick, right? We worship an audience of one. You and I are the participants, and He is the one that we worship. We have an audience of one. That's what this is about. That's why this is important. That's why we ask you to be here and to be a p- participant and work and serve and love Jesus together and worship Him together. It's what we do primarily on Sunday mornings at 11 o'clock collectively. Now, yes, can you worship God not at 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning? Sure, right? You can. Our, our lives are our lives full of worship. But cor- corporate worship is so important. Corporate and what I mean by that, it's not just a phrase. I always wondered what that meant. It was like, well, is this like, you know, my small business worship one at home, and I'm corporate worship one here? It's not what it means. It means we worship him collectively, together, the body of Christ, working together to lift high the name of Jesus, a concert of praise to say, Lord, we lift you high. You are the one who matters most. We exalt you and extol you and lift you high. That's what we do. I love What our team came up with, and we say our worship services, in those worship services, of the many things we do, we're trying to boil it down into something simple and tangible to hold on to. We abide in Jesus. The Scripture tells us again and again to remain, to abide, or to dwell with Him. We worship Him by being with Him. And then we celebrate. We lift high the name of Christ. We worship Him. We are so thankful for Him. And then we pray to Him, God, we need You. Be with us. Work in our hearts and lives. These are the things that Jesus did. And so we, as we have described, we love like Jesus. That's a part of the pathway. So Sunday morning worship is an imperative part of your faith journey to becoming more like Jesus. That's why it's important to be here, to be a part of it, to, 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 be a, to, to connect to that. Now, In the past three years, going on three years, we've had to do that differently in a lot of ways. And I understand many people are still watching online. In fact, we had 120 views of our service. There were actual people who watched most of the service last week, which is the most we've had in quite a while. And I'm so glad that 120 people joined us online. And you can worship that way. It just ain't the same as being here together as the body of Christ, And understand that we're going to continue to make that available. We're going to connect there. We're working on getting a team member that helps chat with you there and make it more and more personable and like you're part of it and you're more here. But at the same time, it doesn't beat being here together, worshiping our Lord together, loving like Jesus loves, loving God and loving others. The second thing that we see, loving others keeps us on the pathway. So loving God gets us on it. Loving others keeps us on it. Look at what uh, he says in that passage. He says, the second is like it, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself, right? But look at what John chapter 13 says. John chapter 13, we read this before, but I want you to see it once more. I should have done like Jerry Lynn, who, who marked it really well, so all she had to do was turn there. I should have done that. John 13, 34 through 35. I give you a new command. Love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. By this, by this love, everyone will know that you love me, that you're my disciples, that you're on the pathway, right? Everyone will know that you are on the pathway to Christ's likeness. How? How you love others. You cannot separate the two. Loving God and loving others are one and the same. Jesus lumps them together. He took two things that these people believed from two separate points of Scripture, and he says, listen, the greatest command is these smooshed together. This vertical aspect of your loving God and this horizontal aspect of your loving God. Loving God helps you to love others. Pointing your heart and mind vertically helps you to point Jesus' love horizontally. We uh, show our love for God by loving others. That's what this passage says. The vertical... Relationship informs the horizontal relationship. The horizontal shows the vertical to be true. You want to know if I love God or not? Do I love people? Do I love the body of Christ first? Do I, leave, do I love others? That will bear out the fact that I love God. In fact, Jesus tells us that if you have something against your brother, you better go get that right before you come and worship me. Why? Because it's tied together. It matters. It's what keeps us on the pathway. This is a great segue to what we'll talk about next week more in depth, but suffice it to say, merely giving God lip service is not enough to become more like Christ, living it out in how we love each other. And those yet uh, a part of our fold is one of the ways we ensure we are continuing down the pathway to becoming more like Christ. Think about how Jesus revealed his love to us. He says we ought to be loving others. In Philippians 5, it says, have this mind, in you which is also in Christ Jesus that Jesus not counting equality with God a thing to be grasped emptied himself and became like you and me he put on human flesh so that he could show us he loves us and Jesus showed his love for God by loving you and loving me and you and I also love others because God loves us and we love him I want you to count this as a moment where I've I got five minutes left usually by this time I've already run out so that's good what do we do? we're going to share the Lord's Supper so it will be a little bit longer so good thing I went shorter <clears throat> so what do you do? what can you do? because that's really what I hope to convey not merely just to learn something else or rehear something we've already heard but what can we do? lean into this Lean into Sunday mornings. Lean into worship. Lean into this opportunity. Lean into it. Lean into this time each week. We've already said this is not about you and me. This is about God. This is is about our God. This time is to abide in him, to celebrate him, to listen and pray to him. Let's worship our God because he's worthy. He deserves it, amen? How do you get on the pathway? You love your God with all your heart. How do you stay on it? You show His love to everyone you can. It kind of seems pretty simple, doesn't it? It is kind of simple. It's not easy, but it's also not complicated. How do you grow in Christ? By loving God and showing his love to anyone that you possibly can. How do you become more like Jesus? You do the things Jesus did and Jesus said to do. So how do we respond to that? My prayer is that you would be more convinced of how awesome God is and worthy of our praise that he is and that you would follow him. But I don't want to to miss an opportunity to give an opportunity for someone to enter into that relationship to begin with and get on the pathway to begin with of Christ's likeness because Jesus died for you and offered to save you you can find redemption forgiveness, salvation in Jesus I implore you, I encourage you don't go another day without trusting in him let Dixie's example of how she trusted Christ be an example to you and I to give our lives and hearts to Him. If you'd like to do that, I'd love to share with you in a few moments after we uh, have communion, I'd love to share with you how to do that. But we get a vivid picture in this moment of how to show our love and our appreciation, how to abide, celebrate, and pray in our Lord. We get to worship Him by communing with His death and resurrection, His life that He gave for us. So I want to encourage and or I want to ask all my deacons if you would come